It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And today, we have such a fun show planned, one that I am really, really passionate about. And it's about stop consulting your employees and start coaching them. Stop consulting your employees and start coaching them. If there's one call that I get regularly, I mean like over and over and over and over again, it sounds like this. It's a call saying, for, for, it's a person calling me, they're, they're an executive or they, they work in an organization. So they're running the organization or they're higher up in an organization. They're managing employees and they're tired. I mean, like really tired. And they're not making this up. They're really tired. And they're saying, I don't know if I really want to be in this space anymore. Do I really want to be in this career? Should I go somewhere else? Maybe I'll start on my own. And these are people that maybe they have businesses that they started. And you guys, I get this because this was me. And underneath it, when we peel back, it's like an onion, you peel back a layer and another layer and another layer and another layer. What we realize very quickly is that they're like a fireman or a firewoman or a fire person who's got the hose and they're constantly putting out the fires, constantly putting out the fires. And what they're really doing is they become a consultant for their employees. So what that means is every challenge, every problem, everything that happens around them in their businesses, in their work, probably in their lives, because how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. Something I've talked a lot about in this show over these last, you know, last year of these episodes, is how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere, which means if you're putting out fires at your office, you're putting out fires at home. And that means that every single challenge that's happening around you, somebody's coming to you and saying, how do I solve this? What do I do? And if you're recognizing this as, oh my gosh, that's my kids, that's my coworkers, that's everybody around me, then the problem is not out there. It's not them. They are not the problem. The problem is how you're going to answer them. That's the problem. And it's not necessarily like a big deal if you enjoy holding the fire hose. There's ego that's involved in wanting to put everybody's fires out. Like that feels good. It feels nice because here's the piece that took me a long time to figure out. If somebody's coming to me with their fire and wanting me to put it out, then I'm needed. I needed. And so we can easily tie up our worthiness in this fire hose scenario. But what's happening is that we are disempowering the people around us. So just like at home, when my kids come to me and they say, we're fighting, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like I hear we're fighting, but it sounds like my eight-year-old saying, he hit me, or my 10-year-old saying, he took my toy again, or my 12-year-old saying, he keeps coming in my room. That's exact time. You heard it. That's exactly what they sound like. But my point being, that's what it sounds like at home. And in the office, what I hear people calling me up and saying is there are my people are in my office all day long just with complaints or problems or things that get to be solved. 
And I said, well, then how do you react to that? What do you do? And here's what I hear from almost every single conversation that I'm in. When we start our conversation, they say, well, I, I tell them what to do. Or maybe we'll walk through a scenario. But in the end, I tell them, like, this is the path I would go on. And I give advice. I give advice. And here's something that really opened up for me in a shift that happened from being the consultant to the coach. One thing that I learned years ago, I was listening to a podcast, or we've been getting a podcast a few years ago, and I heard this, this, this man talk, I don't remember this guy's name, and he says, about 20 years ago, I stopped giving advice. I thought, well, this is interesting. This guy doesn't even give advice. This is beautiful. Here he is on a podcast educating me, and he doesn't give advice. And he says, I stopped giving advice because I realized that nobody really wants to hear it. They all want a solution, but they get to figure out the solution on their own. And his, he goes on to say, his job is to support them in finding the answer. And that right there is what lies is the difference between coaching and consulting. So when we're consulting our employees, our kids, the people around us, we are giving them the answer. Now, whether or not they follow that is up to them, but we're saying we have the answer and you don't, a very disempowering situation. But when you coach, you're saying, I, you know, I might have what I believe is the answer. I might have an idea of where I would go if this was me, but it's not about that. My job is to empower you, not disempower you, empower you to know that you have the answer. So the difference between coaching and consulting in the consulting world, it's, it's where the power lies. So in the consulting world, the power lies with the consultant. The consultant has the answer and they're going to guide you to where the answer is. In the coaching world, the person who has the answer is always the person in front of you asking the question. They're the ones that have it, not us, not us. That's the difference. So we want to be in front of that person. We want to support them in creating what they want to create. And we're going to hold that they have the answer. I've said this before. I've used this line in my book. There are lots of lines in my book, Joy and Uncertainty, A Guide to Create a Meaningful Life. It's like 100, 200 pages, something like that. And I only remember one of the lines specifically. So this is a beautiful example. Uh, it says that people come to me and they think that I have all the answers. But the reality is I don't. I don't have all the answers, but do you know who does? You do. You do. And my job as a coach is to call you forward and, and empower you to answer it on your own. So we talked about the four steps of awareness a few weeks ago on the show. Go check out that episode. We walked through it in detail, the four different steps of an awareness. And it's going from this, I don't know what I don't know, which is what's happening when people are walking into your office. They don't know what they don't know. So they're walking in and they're saying, Here's the challenge, solve it, solve it. And the consultant says, yes, another challenge, let's go. And the coach says, awesome. Okay, well, what's your question on this? And gets curious and digs in, but that coach doesn't give the answer. The coach does not say, this is what you should do. Here's the roadmap. The coach digs in and says, well, what else do you, What's stopping you from having the answer for this? What other information would you require in order to be able to answer this? 
and gets really curious about what they could go and get for information. And then this employee might then go out and get information and might come back and say, I have the information, what should we do now? And the consultant says, well, based on that, this is where I would go. But the coach says, no, let's not, let's, let's get more information. Or what do you think based on this information? And the coach is always driving at the person in front of them making the decision. And in coaching, we get to be willing to let the other person fail. So in the consulting world, we do not want people to fail. We want to hold them up. We want to create, they're going to ride on our backs. We are going to finish together. In the coaching world, I get to realize that failure is a part of life and that that may happen. And I'm going to be there when you fail as, as a coach. I'm going to be there to, to support you in getting back up and going to that finish line, but I'm not going to stop you from failing. I'm going to let it be okay if you fail because we're going to learn from that. Every failure is a lesson. In the coaching world, we look at failures as lessons. In the consulting world, failures are what get you fired. So there's a significant difference between coaching and consulting. And that's why a lot of people just show up as consultants because we don't want to fail. We want to get there the fastest. But with coaching, when we're growing people, when we're growing, we often have that failure. We've got those setbacks. And as frustrating as it is to have these setbacks, especially as a coach, when you say, that is not how I would have approached the situation. But what we're doing is we're empowering people. So you've heard the scenario, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish, he'll eat forever. And that's what we're doing in this coaching versus consulting. In the give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, you're consulting. You're saying, oh, you want to eat? Let me go get you a fish. Here, I'll get you a fish. And you go and bring it to the person. Consulting, he's hungry, I solved the problem. Yay, us. But then the next day, when that man says, or that woman, or that person says, I'm hungry, you have to go and get another fish. And by the 15th day, you are so tired of fishing. What happens on the 200th day? You're beating your head against the wall and saying, my gosh, why can't this person learn to fish? And so you're really frustrated because you have disempowered this person. You have fed this person every single day for 200 days, and you are exhausted. And that's what happens in the consulting world when we're consulting our employees. But when we coach our employees, we spend each day teaching them to fish. The first five days or 10 days, that's a lot of work. We are pouring into our employees because we're saying, I know you can get this. The first day, maybe they don't get any fish and they go hungry. And so you support them and you say, hey, in this pond, there's more fish. Hey, if you, what, what would happen if you use this bait? So you're giving them some thoughts, but you're not telling them, you're not sticking the line in the water. You're not doing it for them. You are guiding them. And that first day when they go hungry, they will certainly change their attitude on the second day and their mindset about how they get their fish. And maybe that day they go hungry too, but by the third day, we are ready to catch that fish. And when you fast forward to 10 days in, they are a fish catching machine. And what are you doing? You're sitting back. Maybe you're even eating the fish. But now you aren't sticking the pole in. You aren't required to catch the fish. So in 10 days, you have mastered really duplicating that fisher person. So if you're a fisher person, now this other person is. So how beautiful is that? Your job now is just to find somebody else that wants to learn how to fish so that you can teach them too. And then you can teach somebody else. And so by the 200th day rolls around, you probably taught 20 different people to fish. But the other guy, the consultant, he's still, he's still catching fish for this other guy. Now you've duplicated your skills 20 
different times in the exact same time this other this consultant has just caught fish and that is the difference between coaching and consulting and it's such a powerful difference and so I, I used to be a consultant. I'm a phenomenal consultant. And I, I consulted in the space first of marketing strategy because that was really my space. You would have come to see me 10, 15 years ago. And then I realized that really behind marketing strategy was business strategy. And behind that, what really stopped us from creating what we wanted was how we showed up in the world, this leadership space. And I realized when I got to that point that if I couldn't transfer my skills to anybody else, it was only great with me. And I realized that I got to be a master of transferring skills. And that is the coaching space. So you can see the difference between coaching and consultant. And there's all kinds of coaches out there. There are life coaches and business coaches and health coaches and transformation coaches and wealth coaches, performance coaches. Like there's a wealth of coaches. But what we're talking about specifically today is coaching our employees. And what we're really digging into is how we create this environment where our, our employees are empowered, where they're empowered to create what it is that they want to create, which is such a fun space. So now that we've gone through the definition of coaching versus consulting, I'm going to go through this. We're going to move forward in the show, in the space, then you want to be a coach for your employees. But the number of times that somebody's coming into your office asking for you to solve their problem, that's a thing of the past. Now we're going to learn how to coach our employees because employees that are coached versus consulted, they have higher job satisfaction, higher productivity, lower turnover like this. I could show you stat after stat after stat that shows that this is a productive way to grow your company, to grow your employees knowledge base. It's so critical. So we're going to dig into this. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dig into some of the how. How do we actually coach our employees? What does that look like? And what's the value to really doing it? We've talked about time savings, but there are some tools and exercises that I can give you, I will give you, that will shift your mindset from being a, a consultant to your employees to being a coach. So stay tuned. Enjoy this quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. All right, talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. 
So we have been talking all about stop consulting your employees and start coaching them. And one of the things I was asked, oh, well, I did a, a video shoot last week. So a lot, I speak a lot on this topic and, and especially on joy, like really having joy in your work and your life and how that creates an immense amount of results in your productivity. So the time that you're not at work, you can have work, you can have joy at work too. Absolutely. We can talk about how to do that. But when you're not having, when you're having that space of, of true joy outside of what you would consider your typical day, it actually enhances your productivity during, during your work day. So it's really important to have joy in your life. Things that really light you up, not from a doing space, but like truly. So, so I mean, when I say not from a doing space, that can get kind of confusing. So I don't mean, well, I like to ride my bike. And so I ride my bike and uh, that, that'd be like a doing, I'm doing something, I'm riding my bike. But when I'm truly, truly joyful. So like, like what do I really love about riding my bike? Well, I love that I get to go into this open air experience. I don't have any other responsibilities. It's just me and my bike and the road. Like that, I, if I love that, I, I do truly, I speak from my heart. I do enjoy that when I have no other responsibilities, just it's peaceful for me. So what brings me joy is peace. Okay. So I can draw that connection. So now I can look for peace in other situations. And if I want to create joy at work, then I say, well, peace brings me joy what creates peace at work. And maybe it is those few minutes during lunch where I say, you know, once a week, I'm going to go have lunch by myself. A few years ago, I was sitting in my office and I decided the patio across the street at this restaurant looked really nice. I went over there for the first time. I've been in my office for years. For the first time I go sit over there by myself and I just, just sat and just was really in touch with my surroundings. It was one of the best lunches I'd ever had. The food was the same as always, but really just enjoying that experience and it being peaceful. My definition of peaceful brought me a lot of joy. When I got back to work, I was on fire, like super productive. I remember that day lit up, lots of ideas flowing, innovation. It was all happening, but it was because I gave myself that space. And so it's really important, really important to, to have this joy. So I'm doing this video shoot last week and uh, we're talking about coaching and it's this difference between coaching and consulting. And I got asked this question that took me for a, a loop for just a second, a pause, but it said, when did you realize the difference between coaching and consulting? When was this a thing for you? And the moment that I was brought back to was in 2012. So that year, that was a crazy year. There was not a lot of peace in that year. So when I, what I just shared with you, my joy comes from when I'm, when I'm experienced peace, that was a crazy year for me. And the reason it was so crazy was because I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and I was very pregnant. And so that was enough. And uh, my husband was traveling about 40 to 50% of the time. He was in a sales role for Meredith, you know, that corporation. It's a really big publishing house and he worked for an ag division out of it. So he was on the road quite a bit of the time. And it seemed like every single time he was out of the road, the kids would be sick. So it's just this constant juggle. And the kids were still in their, their school, uh, preschool and in, 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 in home nanny situation. So I was running kids back and forth to daycare, to those kinds of settings. And, and I'm running my own company and I'm on these, a bunch of volunteering for local boards. And I was serving on the National American Advertising Federation board. So I traveled a bit for that. So life was a little chaotic, <laughs> a little. And 
one of the things that I realized during this time period was that there was only so much of me. And I know that seems like a, duh, well, how could you not know this? But there's only so much of Kathleen to go around. And I was really busy being a consultant. This is how you do things, especially with the kids, because we were moving at such a fast pace. And my husband traveled quite a bit when he was home. It's like he was, we were navigating this role of dad's on the road, dad's home. And when dad's home, what role does dad play? Because when dad's gone, mom's 100% responsible. Now I had support, but I was really the, the linchpin. Let's use that word. I was the linchpin. And so that, that was the context that I'm setting for you. That was what life looked like. And I made this decision right before I had my third child to hire a nanny. And the nanny would just come three days a week. So I'm here I am before this decision. I'm working five days a week in the office. And we hire this nanny and we commit to three days a week. Because you guys, hiring an in-home nanny, she didn't stay overnight, but she was here for three days. It costs the exact same amount as it did to have a full-time daycare, all this. But I could just leave the house in the morning and come home. And I knew having the third child, I wanted to be home a little bit more for, for maternity leave, whatever that looked like. So we do this. And I go from five days a week in the office to three days a week in the office. Now, this scared the crap out of me. How was I going to get everything done in three days that I was going to do in five days? I had no idea what that was going to look like, but I was committed to figuring it out. And then... Then I have my third child, Andrew, three and a half weeks early. So I thought I had like another three weeks to figure this out. But no, like, like we, we signed the contract with the nanny. She starts. And then like two weeks later, so before we really even gotten in a rhythm, I have this, this baby, this Andrew. And I'm figuring out what life's going to look like now that, that another baby's in the world. And add to that. He was not healthy when he was born. So I've shared a story before. It's all in the book. You guys can read all about it. But the short version of that is he was in the NICU. Then we brought him home for less than 24 hours. Then he was in the PICU, the pediatric intensive care unit. Because once you come out of the NICU, you can't go back in. He was very sick. So over the course of the first year of his life, I took him to five to seven doctor's appointments a week. This is while my husband's still traveling. My parents were both working. So figuring out how to get him to these appointments, it was me. I took him. And uh, it was it was crazy. The stress in the beginning for the first six months, we really weren't sure if he was going to live. And then after that, we realized, well, he's going to live. He's stable, but we didn't know what it was going to look like. And so it was just this really crazy time. And here's what happened in the business. We 3X'd the revenue. Like, I mean, it was crazy. The business grew astronomically in the not even three full days that I was there. Because yes, I had a nanny for three days, but she would arrive at our house at 8 a.m. I would hurry off to work. And then if we had any appointments, I would figure out how to manage those appointments. And I would, would attempt to get those appointments on Mondays and Fridays. And I would drag all three kids to these appointments. But sometimes they happened on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then I had to figure out how to make all that work. If my husband was in town, he could cover it. But if he wasn't, then it was me. And so the amount of time that I was giving to the office decreased substantially. I went from being nearly 100% focused during my work time on, on work to 
like 50% focus. And the difference, what, the reason that it worked, the reason that we were able to grow our revenue was because I shifted my mentality from being a consultant to being a coach. I no longer worked with my employees when they came to me and said, here's the challenge, how do we solve it? I didn't have time to be able to say, well, this is what you do and let's go forward with this. The, the, the way that I knew I, I got to support them was in growing their capabilities so that they could figure this stuff out when I wasn't there. They called me for gut checks. Like they absolutely called me on Mondays or Fridays or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, or whenever it was saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And I learned very quickly that when I answered with my opinion, they would run with that opinion regardless of whether it worked. So I stopped giving an opinion. And I started just asking them questions and being very curious. And what I found was they, their calls were less and less. And it wasn't that I wasn't needed. I was totally needed. But they really got it. They figured it out. They were running at such a different level. And it was, it was so empowering for them to know that they've got it, that they could handle a lot of these things. And it allowed me the opportunity for when I was in the office or when I was focused on work to focus on really high level things that could move the business forward. And that was so instrumental to how we grew. And then as, as Andrew got healthier and the kids grew and he, Andrew went into kindergarten, like, I had so much time on my plate. I, I could work whatever I wanted. It, it just wasn't, a, I didn't have the constraints that I'd had when it was very sick. And I found that I really, it was very easy to want to step back into that consulting role. Because it, you guys, it feels really good when somebody says, well, what do you think? How would you do this? Could you solve my problem? And one of my business coaches, he gave me a monkey with a little baby monkey on his back. So I, ha I still have this. Uh, and I, it sits on my desk and it's a, it's a monkey and it has a little baby monkey on its back. And he gives this to me and he says, remember, don't put other people's monkeys on your back. Just because they're a monkey doesn't mean it's on your back, meaning other people's challenges, we don't get to take those on as our own. And when I look back, really <laughs> hindsight's 2020, <laughs> you can see that. When I look back, I think about how many times I made other people's problems or challenges my challenges to solve. And it didn't serve me and it wasn't serving them. And so that's what I got to shift. That's the mindset and the behavior pattern that I got to shift and say, whoa, wait a minute. This is this. I didn't have the terms at the time, but this is consulting. And when I do that, I'm disempowering the people around me. And so I saw this head on and I, this is a very long story. Thank you for listening. But when I was doing this video recording last week and the question came up about how did you, why is coaching so important to you, this coaching versus consulting? And I realized that that was really pivotal to me seeing this, this shift from, from consulting to coaching with the actual impact that it had, not just on me. I mean, wow, I, I have the time now freed up to be able to go focus on my son, my, my kids, my family, you know, all these other places of life. I'll tell you what ended up happening. Here's the kind of flip side, the end of that story is that once, once Andrew, my youngest son, he was stable and we knew like he's going to live. Well, I had all this extra time on my plate. And so while I was growing that business, I realized that I could pursue my passion of really, I loved owning businesses. I love business. So the actual business that we were in mattered less to me than, than the idea of tackling these business challenges. 
So with that extra time, we actually ended up investing into multiple other businesses. And that is really how I became a business owner of six different businesses. So it's, it's crazy. That's a really, when I switched from being a consultant to a coach, it freed up my plate so much and empowered the people around me that I actually created the space where I could, I could be an investor in five other businesses. So people ask me all the time, how, how did you do that? How did that work? I, right now we have three different businesses. How do you manage three different businesses? How do you, how do you handle all of that and kids and, 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 and the secret is what I'm telling you right now. Look at whether you're a coach or you're a consultant. And when you're a coach, when you shift to this mindset, you will be so shocked at how much time you create on your plate. So much time. So you guys, I'm going to teach you the how to actually do this, the steps to do this when we get back from this quick break. So enjoy this quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. For the past 30 minutes, we've been talking all about stop consulting your employees and start coaching them. And hopefully at this point in the show, you are seeing the value in coaching over consulting because for me it really opened up this this freedom this time freedom that we all that we, that we seek I and mean, it's a universal truth we want this time freedom and financial freedom and so it, it directly relates to financial freedom too but really coaching your employees opens up this space of time freedom because it's an empowering space coaching is about giving the power to people around you not holding the power and the reality is we don't want any more power okay we've all got enough so let's let's let those the people around us have their power. So it's it's a really cool shift to make. And a lot of times when I'm coaching with people, they say, "Great, I'm on board now. How do I do it? Like, how do I actually make this shift?" And the very first step that I recommend is for a week. So get this: like the next week, so today is Monday. Whenever you're listening, but I'm recording on a Monday. And for the next week, your goal. Your goal is to not answer anyone's questions with an opinion. So every question gets answered with a question. Now, this can be really tricky because we're in the habit of answering questions 
with an opinion, but we're going to shift that. So the first piece is, is acknowledging that we've been answering it with an opinion. And now we get to shift to a question. So here's a, here's a great example. What's the weather going to be like outside? It's a question I get a lot from my kids. And I say, well, that's a great question. What's the weather going to be like outside? So it's repeating the question back. So affirmation, that's a great question. What's the weather going to be like outside? Now my kids realize, oh, well, one, I could just walk outside and see. Two, I can go ask Siri, which they use all the time. And then they go say, Siri, what's the weather outside? And she tells them, Siri's a consultant, whatever, that's fine. So <laughs> I'm training them that they can find the answer themselves. And going to mom to find it doesn't always have to be the case. And in the work setting, it's the exact same thing. So they come and say, what time is the, what time is the meeting to the brainstorming discussion? Well, if it's on their calendar, they could see that too. Or something that maybe even a little bit more specific of, I'm having some challenges getting this deadline met. So one of the, our natural reactions to that is, okay, well, swoop in, here we go. Let's figure out how we can get this deadline met. And so then we start giving examples of, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? We could shift all these things around. And all of a sudden we've created the roadmap for how this deadline can get met. Instead of saying, okay, so I hear you. What I hear you saying, we talked about these coaching questions before. What I hear you saying is that you're having a challenge meeting the deadline. Is that what you're saying? And so we're asking them, confirming that what we hear is what they're saying. And the person says, yes. So then we say, okay, well, what would get to occur so that you can meet this deadline? You know, blah, 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 blah. Maybe there's some, some things that come up here. And then you say, well, what would it be like if we moved the deadline? Is it possible to move the deadline? And if the person that's either going to be a yes or a no. And then once we've outlined those two paths, are there any other options that you can think of? So we've talked about how we could meet the deadline, how we could move the deadline. Now, are there any other options? And if this person says, well, no, then we say, well, which one would you like to pursue? It's not about what we think. Like I may say, get that deadline. Come on, let's go. We can hit it. But that person may say, I'd like to look into moving the deadline. Okay, cool. Now, here's the piece. We say, well, by when will you have an answer? By when will you get the solution? And they say, okay, by... 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Cool. Will you let me know when you have that answer? Sure. Okay, so we've walked through this entire process where now this person is running out of the office with an action that they created versus me saying, you know what, I think you can move this deadline. Why don't you go do that by 10 a.m. tomorrow? Now that person's walking out frustrated because I just told them what they did or happy that they didn't have to put any mind power to it. But instead, they solved their own challenge. And now next time when this exact same situation comes up, they realize, oh, well, here are my choices. I can either get the deadline met, I can move the deadline, or I can look at alternative examples. So now we're teaching them how to walk through this critical decision process. They may still want our support, especially for a while as they're walking through this process, but we're empowering them simply by answering a question with a question. So when somebody comes to you with a question, so for the next week, just focus on that. And if that's all you did, all you did was answer questions with questions. One, people are either going to get really annoyed because you're not answering their questions, and then they'll just stop coming to you because they're annoyed. Or two, and this is the one we want, is that they see that they have the power to answer these questions. 
and that they have the power to go deeper and be curious over peeling back that onion, that they can start that process. And when they come to you, they'll have a lot more information. And now they're coming to you with, with, with these really very tricky, complex challenges. The ones that really you get to spend your time on. And you're still not going to consult on them. You're still going to coach on them. But look at the difference of what's walking in your door. And here's a real challenge. I can't make this stuff up. This is what I'm hearing when I'm talking to my clients and, and my friends that are in the, the business the, the business world right now. They said when COVID happened, and so when that when that happened, they were in their houses or or wherever they were working from. Maybe some of them were still in the office. But when it happened, you know, people were everywhere, and so a lot of times what we saw were employees were really. They didn't have that direct connection that they used to have. The water cooler chatter got cut down. People couldn't walk into people's offices easily. And so employees empowered themselves to answer a lot of these questions, which is really a great learning tool if we're there to support them. In You remember what I said, with coaching comes failure? Of course, it's going to happen. That's okay. It happens in consulting too, but it happens more frequently during the coaching process because it's part of the learning. And so when that happens we, in, during the COVID period, a lot of times we weren't necessarily there to support them in moving through the failure. And so then people, when you get stuck in the failure and you, and you don't have a coach to really get you through that, it creates a lot of disenchantment, it not wanting to be around the organization. And I believe that that's why we're seeing now coming out of COVID a 40% rate of people wanting to leave their jobs. 40%. Can you imagine what the workforce would look like if 40% up and shifted right now? Again, your company, if 40% of your employees left, that would be unreal. But yet that's the level of frustration that we're seeing in employees right now across the board. So now that we've got people kind of back in offices or wherever they're going to be, we're, we're in a stable environment. We were in triage for quite a while. If I use these emergency room terms, we were in the triage space for quite a while with the pandemic. And now we're in this stabilization period with most companies. We still have some that are onboarding, depending on where you live in the world. But, but for a lot of companies, we're seeing this kind of stabilization period. And what, what happens when we're coming back into the office is that a lot of these, these executives, we've had our, our office doors closed for so long because nobody was in the office or we were at home and it didn't matter whether we had our door open or our kids were here and we wanted to shut the door so they didn't come running in. And now we're back in the office, our doors are open, and we've gone, we reverted right back into the consulting space. Oh, come solve this problem for me. And what's happening is a lot of people I'm talking to are saying, in order to actually get work done, I've actually got to come home now. So, so we've got this reverse happening in the pandemic. And when we dig into that, what we realize is we've gone back to this consulting culture where we're solving the answers. And, and so that's not serving us and it's not serving our employees and it's not serving our businesses. It's not really serving the world as a whole because this coaching space, again, we talked about earlier, when we coach our employees, they have higher job satisfaction, higher overall satisfaction and lower turnover. So we want to move into this coaching space, but it's really easy to go back into the consulting space and to slip back into that mentality. And again, the reason for that is because it's it's an ego-driven space and it's quicker. If you want to get somewhere really, really fast, hire a consultant, be the consultant. 
So the consultant says, I've been here before. I know how to get here. Let's go. And there are times when that is what is required. But when we're talking about growing people, when we're talking about building up other skill sets, the way that we do that is through the coaching space. We do that through the coaching space. And we used to hire external coaches. And as an external coach, I love that space. I think it's brilliant because you have these external coaches that can come in, they can work with companies. But the challenge with that is that external coaching, it only works so well. Because if I'm if I'm coaching one person in the organization, that person can go really deep. And, and we absolutely have a ripple off that person. But what would happen if we built an internal uh, internal coaching program where everybody knew how to coach? That's another level. I think that's so critical to where companies get to go. And it's where I shifted my business model to where I spend I used to spend all of my time executive coaching. And now I spend a little bit of my time executive coaching and a lot of my time teaching companies how to build these internal coaching programs because I believe that's what the future is. I believe that the coaching and, and what I'm talking to you about right now is so important and it's so integral to how companies will move going forward and how employees want. This is just human nature. We want to, to be around people that are going to see the best of us and grow with us. And if we don't, if we don't start to create the, that environment in organization, that 40% turnover net rate, that's it's going to be even higher than that. Where I see when I look at what I get to build over the next few years, I just wrote my 2030 vision. So we're in 2021 right now. I just wrote what 2030 gets to look like, not from a detailed perspective, but from an overall vision. I see where companies are actually certified in this internal coaching based based programs where they actually have internal coaching-based certifications and that the employees seek out those places for employment. So the company that I work under, it's called Corbett Leadership. So I have Kathleen Reeson, that's who I am and my brand, but I also run Corbett Leadership. And when I looked at the 2030 vision, I said that internal coaching programs are so instrumental to where we get to go, that, that this is what we get. We get to create these within companies that it is employees will seek out these these companies that that have internal coaching. And I'll say this because like, why do you care? Really, it doesn't matter what I'm up to, but I'm sharing with you from a standpoint of I believe that it's so important. Like this is critical to where we get to go. And so think about that. Are you utilizing coaching in your company? Are you utilizing it from a perspective that this is critical? How we coach our employees, how we show up for them. Because what we've seen is that human capital, like people are our biggest assets, our employees are our biggest assets in the company. Actually, I looked at this from a formula the other day because what we know to be true, if you look at, I'm a former CPA, but you look at any basic financial statements and the formula is revenue minus expenses equals profit. Revenue minus expenses equals profit. And, and so, yes, that's true. But then we've got this balance sheet. So that's all income statement numbers. But then we've got this balance sheet. The balance sheet lists all of our assets and our liabilities. But I believe that our people are our assets. And purpose, meaning how, where we're going to go for our vision for our company. When I say in 2030, this is what I see. That's my purpose. That's my vision. But when you have purpose and you have people that are coached, not consulted, coached, that's when profit happens. Purpose plus people equals profit. 
Purpose plus people equals profit. And so when we get that, when we say, how do we invest in our employees so that we get that that's the driver to profit? Then we start having these conversations about building internal coaching programs because that's the next thing. You can hire an executive coach all day. Again, that's where I really grew in my area of expertise, but it only gets you so far. It affects one person in your company plus the ripple effect, meaning the people that they can then impact based on their skills. But you then couple that with high, with, with creating this internal-based coaching, and now you have a ripple and you're touching every single one of your employees, every single one. And so that's when you start to say, purpose, where are we headed? What's the point of this? Where are we all going? And everyone knows that you're on track with that. Plus people are people, how we're growing them, how we're supporting them. That's what drives profit. So you want to drive profit. Yeah, you can look at revenue minus expenses equals profit. Yep, that's old school. We all know that. But I'm telling you, this is the new way to look at the link between the balance sheet and the income statement. So sit on that, marinate that. We're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, we're going to wrap all of this up. We're going to wrap all of this up about how you can stop consulting your employees and start coaching them. Enjoy this quick break. You're listening to The Kathleen Recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. For the past 45 minutes, we've been talking all about how to stop consulting your employees and how to start coaching them. The tip I gave you just a little bit ago, one of the tools that you can use is to start answering questions with questions. So no more giving these opinions, but now we're going to shift to answering questions with questions. Just a few other tips for you. When we're answering questions with questions, we're being curious, okay? So this is how we dig in and we really understand what's going on. Because when we hear something, even if we don't like it or we don't align with it, the value is in understanding why someone else thinks that this is important. And when we get that, we can find what's common between us. Commonalities are what bridge us. That's where growth happens. When One, when we're uncomfortable, but two, when we can find our common ground. And so that's how two people, when we're coming together with two very different scenarios when we can find common ground, we can grow together. And so that's where discomfort becomes growth. That cornerstone, discomfort to growth, is where common ground links up. So that's what we're looking for. And we get to there by being curious. Another tool that you can use if you're thinking about this shift from consulting to coaching are five-minute coaching sessions. These are ones that I really love. Now, as an executive coach, I meet with my clients once a week, every other week, whatever that schedule looks like. But when we're talking about being a, a coach within a company and I have access to my employees at any point, one of the tools that I find useful is these five-minute coaching sessions. Sometimes they're referred to as pocket coaching sessions. And what that means is really quick, curious, like non-judgment space. It could be stopping by somebody's desk and asking them a question. It could be when they're walking in to your office. But these are really quick moments of time. So these are not 45 minutes or hour-long sessions. But there are five minutes digging to what's going on, what's working, what's not working, and what's in the gap. So the gap is such a useful tool in coaching. It means if I'm here, 
and I want to be here. So if I, I have my hands out in front of me, if I'm in one place, so I got my left hand out, if I'm in one place, and then my right hand, this is where I want to be, there's a gap because my hands aren't touching. So there's a gap. And our job as coaches is to coach into that gap. As a consultant, I don't see the gap. I only see where I want to be. As a coach, I'm saying this gap gets to be closed and I'm going to support you all along the way of the gap. Okay, that's the difference. And so we want to be coaching into the gap, which means, you know what, sometimes we're going to fall down. Failure is okay when we learn from it, when we're there to pick them up. And every time that, that we perceive a failure, something that happened that we did, the result that we didn't like, we say, well, something worked, something didn't work. And what do we get to change for next time? So those are the questions that you can ask. What worked, what didn't work? What do we get to change for next time? And that can happen within a quick five-minute time frame. You don't have to have these long, drawn-out periods, although it is nice to have those in some kind of interval as well. So let's just say you meet for 30 minutes with each of your employees. These are your key direct employees. If you've got five, six, 10, 15 employees, you just look at what your schedule can dictate. Now, remember, in the beginning, it's going to feel more uncomfortable. You get to dedicate a lot more time in the beginning, but the payoff is that over time that you have less on your plate. Okay, you have less on your plate. And so, so just remember that there's a short-term effect for your long-term payoff. Okay, and that short-term effect is going to feel like, oh, I don't have enough time. Ah. Especially for us that are really drivers, we do not want to give away our time. Meaning if we really get to, the ones, if you are like me, where you want to create, 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 then time is your biggest challenge. And so this, this whole shift from coaching to consulting, or from consulting to coaching, consulting can be quick, but coaching can take a lot more time. And the last one is just the feedback. Okay, when, we're, when we're coaching, we're in a constant feedback loop, which means we are constantly giving feedback from a non-judgmental way. And you're saying what, I, what you see is the gap, just like when you're driving down an interstate and the, you see the truck driver and they've got a blind spot. So they have 50 mirrors. I don't know how many, it looks like 50 from my perspective, but they've got all these mirrors that point out their blind spots. We as human beings get to have those blind spots identified. So important. And that's what our role is as coaches is to identify the blind spots, support people in seeing it so that they can move through it. Because what's in the gap, that's your blind spot. We don't always see it. But once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, which means that, that our job as coaches is to support people in seeing their blind spots because then they can address them. But if they don't know they're there, they can't address them. So we get to show them what is in the way. So you guys, I could talk all day about coaching because I just love this subject. And really, when we move from this consulting mentality to this coaching mentality, it, it frees up time. And so then the next question is, well, what do we do with that time? Where do we put our focus? And it was like we knew that was coming because next week, we're going to talk all about training your brain and improving your focus, which means oftentimes as executives, we are so used to limited pockets of time that when these large chunks of time come up, we don't really know what to do with them. And we can end up just being scattered working in a lot of different directions, but not actually moving anything forward. And so next week, we're going to talk about training your brain, improving your focus, so that we know how to actually lock in. So follow that vision. When I talk about having a 2030 vision, that is awesome. And then I can look at 2030 very clearly, but 
what do I do in 2021 to make sure that that 2030 vision, the vision for nine years from now can actually happen? That's a whole different skill set. And train our brain to focus is so critical. Because if you're like me, our natural mindset, those of us that are high performers, we tend to be scattered. We tend to be scattered. Those of us that we, we also have some people that are high performers that understand detail really, really well. And if that's you, you are a gift. And my invitation to you is to go find somebody that doesn't understand that really well and partner up with them because that that's magical when somebody can paint a vision and another person can actually create the detail for that vision to happen. That is when magic occurs. So we're going to talk all about training your brain to improve your focus. But in order to create the, the space on your plate to do that, to focus, we've got to move from consulting to coaching. So this episode is really important. And let me know what you think about this. Any other questions or thoughts you have? The way that I create these shows is really based on feedback. I preach feedback and I'm asking for feedback too. So if you have other things that you want to hear about, guests that we're going to bring on, we've got a bunch of guests coming on over our shows over the next six weeks. And we've got four different guests planned right now. And so these are all, we're going to talk about just different components that we get to think about either mindset or one of the things I hear a lot is about venture capital. Like, should I bring in extra capital to grow my company because I'm so focused on growth that maybe that would be supportive. So we can go all over the place, but really where I am is a resource for you as an executive, as you're growing your organization and all the things that you get to think about. You know what I'm passionate about because I shared it on this show today, but I want to hear what you're passionate about and where you get to go and really what's in the way, what's in the way, because that's the gap. And that's what I'm here to support. So let me know what you want to hear. Uh, you can reach out to me. I'm pretty easy to find. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. So today, just to wrap up this show, moving from a consultant to a coach, your one focus this week is to not answer questions with a statement or an opinion. To answer questions with questions. Be really curious. Figure out what's in the gap for the person in front of you. And instead of answering their challenge, excuse <coughs> me, instead of answering their, their, their question, what I'm asking you to do is be curious. Figure out what's really going on in front of them. <coughs> excuse me, what's really going on in front of them and have fun. Because really, that's the most important thing. You are listening to the Kathleen Reason Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. <coughs> Thank you so much for being a part of this as I cough to the ending. <laughs> We're going to have such a great week. I will talk to you next Monday. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.